I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game. The feel of the grass. Smacking that ball all over the field. Making plays. Diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men. Watching their knees buckle on a called third strike. Sit out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs. The base hits. The big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story. A CMG podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined as always by Joe Aguirre. And Jared Jones, and let's get right into it. They came in, they met at the middle of the ring, and since the fight started, Francis Ngannou was dominant. Stipe went out on his back, and ladies and gentlemen, we have a new heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, KO Stipe Miocic in the second round. This was a different Francis. I told you guys he couldn't make the trip over to France to prepare for this last for the, his first Stipe fight because it was such a short turnaround from Overeem. He had a full camp. He was fully prepared. He he stuffed the takedown, got on top, landed some punches, but he was calm, cool, collected. Didn't punch himself out like he did the first fight. Francis has learned, and this is a scary Francis Ngannou that we have at the top of the heavyweight division. Joe, you going to eat some crow? <laughs> oh. Very scary. The fake, the fake mutant thing? Very uh, scary. Yeah, you like that? Listen, guys, plain and simple, uh, Ngannou put the work in, and, and all we knew leading into those fights was that um, – Kamara Usman said he could wrestle, said he was a different fighter. All of the fights he had after that were over and under 50 seconds. So we didn't really know. We didn't know until we saw it. I will tell you this, Big Jace, when he stuffed that first takedown, took Stipe's back and started clobbering him, I thought, oh, boy, this is not good. This is going to be a really long night. You'll even recall. Uh, he knew. Yeah, uh, and Ganu kind of wanted to keep going with Stipe, uh, and 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 again, as you mentioned, calm, cool, collected. Thought, no, you know what? Let's not do that. The other thing I found curious, I, I didn't know about the little tiny ring until fight night, which I don't get that, and that's great for bantamweights or featherweights or for the women, but you can't put two monsters. You can't put Godzilla and King Kong <laughs> in a ring like that. That doesn't that that all that did was. It left Nganu on top of Stipe. He had no room to maneuver. And again, after he went for that takedown, got stuffed, had the back taken, he had no idea really what to do. Joe, stop. 
Joe, stop. Stop. Does a bigger octagon make a difference? Yes. You're arguing that the fight is the outcome is different if the octagon. I don't care if those guys fought in a football field. Yes. One guy was bigger and I, stronger. And, oh, I don't think that the bigger, stronger had anything to do with it in this fight. I don't think it had anything to do with it. That that ring is 30% smaller than the regular octagon. That's. I mean, it should help Stipe, though, too. It, how would that help oh, Stipe? No, He's no, got no, no room. No. He had, no. If he gets a takedown, he keeps Ngannou on the fence. Because it's closer, he, looked, he can't get up. He can't get he that space. all sorts from distance, too. This was... If Stipe were to get that to the ground, it would have had the same benefit that it had Ngannou on the feet. How was he going to get him to the ground, dude? He was exactly. I mean, literally, they were exactly. on top of him. Exactly. <laughs> there was no... There was... Listen, he said, that's what I said. <laughs> I am. I am happy to admit that you were right, Jace. I'm not. That's you're, you got to listen to what I'm saying here. I'm I'm saying Stipe. I don't know why he wanted to fight in a little tiny ring like that. Why he would agree to that. That definitely was a huge disadvantage for him. And he paid the price. And. At the end of the day, he was the guy who actually made the stupid mistake uh, after after connecting while hurt, connected with the right, and then came flying in like he was going to do something to Nganu, and then got laid out with the knee. I mean, that I watched that after it happened. Well, so I watched the fight. Immediately, my phone lit up with Jace. <laughs> I needed a few minutes. I'm a big Stipe fan. I watched the fight again, and I and I and I and I got a little teary eyed when it happened. It, it was devastating. <laughs> Here's the thing I think that upsets me the most, and I understand we want everybody wants John Jones in the super fight. How does a champion, the greatest champion in UFC history, guy with the longest title reign, most defenses, who just three years ago, mind you, destroyed this guy for five rounds, is not. It's just like who's next, Lewis or Jones? I'm sorry, the, the, he's the champion. The champion doesn't get a doesn't get any kind of consideration on a rematch. What world are we living in? This isn't boxing. This isn't Tiafimo Lopez. Like Loma never gets another. That's it. I'm out. No, it, I, I, like I get it. that. I don't but, like it. But also, Stipe isn't the most active. And like, if you look the past. Since I, I the last Ngannou fight, he's fought only once a year, right? So, well, he's also it gets disrespected by the sport and take, the division, and by Dana White over and over again. I would fight once a year too. No, yes, well, but he'll be thirty nine in four months. You say, oh wow, we're just moving on. He got dominated by the new champion. He's going to be a 39-year-old man if they fight again. You're not ready to move on and think a bigger octagon makes the difference. Listen, Hagler Leonard in a close fight like that where 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 Sugar Ray Leonard was bigger ring, different gloves and Hagler had to make all the exceptions for the big money fight and then it's right down to the wire and either guy could have won. Then maybe a couple foot smaller ring, you would say, all right, that could make the difference. Hagler wins in an 18-foot ring. But here, where a guy looked just outclassed and is pushing 40, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of ready to move on. I, I, I'd watch a trilogy, but I'm not picking Stipe. 
I mean, I don't think there's a there's a lot of opportunities for him to win. I said I thought this could happen. You never know when that's going to happen, when a guy like Ngannou is going to make that jump or when a guy like Stipe is going to fall off. Katie Taylor's getting old, but I will pick her every time until she proves she's not the greatest female fighter on the planet. Well, l- listen, let's not go overboard. He stuffed one takedown. The, the fight ended early in the second round. I'm saying, again, in a bigger ring, I don't think it ends as, as quickly as it does because Stipe's got more room to maneuver. Plain and simple. That That's Doesn't my whole end argument. As quickly, but you can change the outcome of the fight with the size of the Jared, 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 so. Jared, 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 and, and Jace, you, you guys know, what's the, the thing I hate most about sports arguments? Right? Last year. Tell me why. Uh, Texas A&M in Florida, right? Texas A&M beat Florida at home. And everybody was like, well, if they played the game at the swamp, Florida State would I mean, Florida would have how, how do you know that? How do you know that? So here's my point. They fought in a big ring three years ago, and Stipe destroyed Nganu. Destroyed him. Made him look like an amateur for five rounds. In a little tiny ring that favors a guy that does nothing but goes for the knockout punch. I'm not where saying you're it in doesn't a favor him. Of course it favors Nganu. I would love to see them run this thing back in, in, in six, eight months in a bigger ring. If Nganu can win it then, kudos to him. Steve Bay can go be a fireman or a paramedic or whatever he wants to be. He wants to be a crossing guard. Whatever he, That's fine. Ridiculous. He's the greatest champion in UFC history. And I think because he's just an everyman. Greatest heavyweight he's not some, champion or greatest champion? You're going to argue this man's the greatest champion in UFC history, too. I didn't say greatest champion. I said greatest heavyweight champion. No, you didn't. That's twice you said greatest champion. Did I? Take back. Yes. Did I? <laughs> Maybe um, I did. Maybe I, I did. I, but listen, I, at I, the end of the day, when we did our Mount Rushmore's a few years ago, I believe he was on the list. So yes. how all of a sudden is this guy completely disregarded? I will I'll remind all of you, you all left John Jones off your Mount Rushmore. And Stipe off mine. Stipe was on mine. I I had a kid ask me what would happen in a fight between us. We need a new metaphor that other than phone booth, but I haven't come up to up with one yet. Um but I said, on a football field or a phone booth? Because I think you'd beat me up in a phone booth. You know, I wouldn't want to fight either one of you guys in a phone booth. In a football field, you guys would be in a lot of trouble. There's times where I think those things are going to make a difference and time where it won't. I think I told you the other day, Joe, I also had an old man walk up to me and, oh, if I was 20, 30 years, 50 years younger, whatever the hell he said, nope, nope. If we were both seven, I would have messed you up in the sandbox and if we were both 70, I would kick your walker out from under you and knock you over. There is no age you could be, no size octagon we could fight in where you wouldn't get your ass kicked. If we had a time machine, I'll go one year at a time through and whoop your ass over and over again. There isn't a spot you could put me in where I'm going to lose. Football field or phone booth and got no beat Stipe that night. Uh, who did you pick to win the fight? I don't remember. Stipe, I said all right, good. Could no, happen, no, I mean, to be fair, just, to be yeah. fair, one of, said, okay. one of us said this is a younger man fighting an older man, and if he's made the adjustments, he's the bigger, stronger man, and I could see him knocking Stipe out, but I think Stipe is more versatile, better fighter, and has more ways to win. 
Joe, you said Manu's come no. a long way. Everything and, listen, listen, he certainly has. And I think that's good for the sport because, again, we, we've complained about not only him, but Derek Lewis. And God forbid that should be the championship. Who would want to watch that disaster back again? <laughs> Which now I puts you admit. right. So now it makes Most it makes days. <laughs> yeah, you. you there's no way it could rematch. be as bad as the first one. You can't get worse than that. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's hard to be worse than the worst fight in yeah. history. So yeah, I mean, I guess anything anything that's not that is automatically a step up. You're right. Listen, I'm not saying in, uh, I'm 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 proud of Nganu, and I'll tell you in doing the research I did last week. I mean, not only is Nganu a great fighter, he's a great human being. He his story about being on the streets of Paris, the the charity work the guy does now, the decent human being he is now. I don't know if you heard what he said to Stipe after the fight when he told him he didn't want to fight him again, which is smart because I wouldn't. Uh, but he told Stipe that he made him a better man and a better fighter. And I, I I love that. Again, I watched it. I got a little weepy. I thought that was a beautiful moment. This is what Dana White wants, though. Dana White wants the incredible Did you get weepy when Ryan Garcia said it. <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, weird how that works. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know. This is uh, Dana wanted this. Dana wanted yeah, Nganu. Sure. I, I, I was uh, my brother and I were talking yesterday. I mean, not for nothing. Why? Why is why is the championship match between Chandler and Oliveira right, and not Poirier? Because when Dana set all that up, McGregor was going to win. It was going to be McGregor and Chandler, easy breezy. And then I just put him in a title fight, and his plans got foiled. He Dana's never liked Stipe. They've been pushing in Ganu, pushing in Ganu, pushing in Ganu. Pushed him a little too early. Three years ago, right? He wasn't ready yeah. for that. He had a lot of work to do. And again, we didn't see it in the octagon in his fights, though. So you had to trust Cameron Usman that this guy really does know what he's doing. But we only saw it once. He stuffed one takedown. He took us back to one time. That was it. We saw a couple, two, two nice leg kicks in that fight. Would there have been more over five? Was his cardio up for five? I'd like to know that. I think in a bigger octagon, this fight would have definitely gone longer. I want you to remember I said this. Outside of a Mike Tyson-esque Legends League exhibition style bout, Stipe will not win another fight. Whoa. Stipe Miocic will not win another fight. A rematch with Ngannou, he will lose. If he gets Derek Lewis, he will lose. His best bet is to hope John Jones can't carry the weight. But that might be the only winnable fight left at the top of the game. Cyril Gan will be Stipe Miocic. He's not winning another fight up there. Not in that top five Five right. If he dips down to 15, 20 and tries to get a win to supplement the the losses he's going to string together here, Overeem will not win another fight. I disagree. Not at that level, and neither will Stipe. You're 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 putting him. I mean, Overeem's been knocked out how many times? Eighteen? Is that the? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Stipe's been knocked out three, and also look at look at heavyweight. I, I mean, I brought up the history last time. 
when I picked Ngannou. But look at the history of heavyweights. Forty-year-olds do well. DC just won a championship at forty. So why can't Stipe? I mean, the oldest champion of all yeah, time, yeah. Randy Couture, won it. Really good point. I mean, dude, not for nothing. Uh, Stipe got up off These the ground. These guys on a different beast? This isn't a different game? Sorry, Joe, but come on, guys. Randy Stipe. Couture? Bro, we hold have up. grown up since then. What would I That's why I said DC Let me tell you why you're wrong. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Stipe in the, uh, Stipe in the first round, right? And Ganu clipped him. Hit him hard, big right, and followed it up with a left, right? Do you remember when he did that to Rosenstrike? Same hit, right? Boom, boom, into the cage, and then he beat the crap out of Rosenstrike. Fights over in 17 seconds. Not Stipe, though. Stipe keeps moving. Stipe absorbs, and he keeps on going. Later in that round, he gave him what I call the Cain Velasquez, right? Got him down after the thing started pounding him. Stipe gets back up. That took out another all-time great. Then... Just before the knockout, when he popped him with the left, had him on the ground, and then started pounding him, that's what he did to Junior Dos Santos. That finished Dos Santos, not Stipe. He got back up, and he landed a right on Nganu. Then he caught the left hook, fight's over. He was standing up 30 seconds later. 30 seconds later, Stipe was standing on his feet. You make a top three. You you make you make you make a top top ten knockout list with guys getting knocked out and the only guys on the list are Overeem and Stipe. Where does the three times Stipe got knocked out land on your most hellacious knockout list compared to Overeem? Overeem's been stopped a bunch of times. All three of those, Struve, Cormier, these are, he bent him over, he folded him like a lawn chair. Yeah. Right. That was a, that's, that's Dude, a, Cormier was that's a, a knockout. You're going to come right back. And, right. was a, and was he's going to improve. I mean, come on. At 38 years old, he's going to improve. He's going to go back to the gym. He's going to learn some new things. He's going to come back at 39, an improved fighter. I don't think he has to learn anything. I don't think there's, no, I don't think there's nothing to learn. Improved. There's nothing to learn. Now that he knows what Nganu can do, I would say, hey, I need to fight in a big boy ring and not this little baby, this little playpen. I'm not doing this nonsense again. I'll fight you in a big one. And again, I, I, I have no doubt. Listen, it's not like Stipe forgot how to fight. I mean, he got punched hard in the head. Again, Rosenstrike was done after that. That finished Rosenstrike. Stipe kept going. That couldn't have felt good, right? Got stuff, got beat down some more. That that finished off uh, 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 Velasquez. He still, I mean, he kept coming. Kept coming. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like, there's, that about it's not like there's some deficiency in his game, dude. He took the best in Ganu had. It took four times. It took Ngannou's four best punches to take him out, and he still couldn't so, do it. Roy Jones Jr., one of the greatest boxers of all time, and when he got and when he got touched and started getting old and looked a little bit different, if I'd come on and said this guy will not win another relevant fight, I'd have caught backlash for it, but I'd have been right. Because he just kept losing and losing. This is a different dude. This looked like a different dude. And it was the way he reacted to the punches. It was the way he was. It wasn't the size of the ring. It was the man in, in it that looked a little different. 
than I've ever seen him look before. It looked like he's kind of lost a step. I don't think he can take Lewis or Gone or a rematch with Nganu. I don't think he can win at this level anymore. He's about to be 39 years old, and thank you, Stipe. Thank you. I, I, I do agree this was the passing of the guard, but I, I do still think Stipe has some fight in him. I still think he can – he might be that gatekeeper to a title shot at this Look point. Look at you two agreeing on stuff. I, I'm not agreeing with that at all. Kick it right at the end there. Gatekeeper. Got all messed up. Gatekeeper, he's the champion of the world. He lost one fight to a guy who throws knockouts. That's yeah. it. That's it. He could be like, Francis's gatekeeper. Listen, it's not like Nganu was doing what he did to Nganu three years ago where he literally dominated every minute of every single round Because it fight. wouldn't go that long. Because it didn't go that long because he put his ass to sleep. Yeah, and then you become the Because they're standing in a phone booth. There's nowhere to go but into his fist or into the cage, which inevitably will lead back to his fist. All right. <laughs> Let's move that, on. Hey, to be fair, I have to say, um, having been in all different size rings, it changes the schematics of the fight, and everybody can see that. But it, it changes the fighter, too. This is hard to explain. My wife and I are looking at couches the other day, and there's a sectional that comes out on both sides, and I'm like, nah, I would never want to sit in the middle of that with those two on either side. I feel like I'm trapped in there. I don't want to sit there. It's going to change my experience of, say, even though I'm sitting and watching, and still, like, everything is the same except for the schematics of the territory. It changes your mindset and your game plan and all of these other things. To be fair to you, Joe, that would change a lot more than just the dimensions of the ring and those little parts we were able to see. It changes everything from, from the very beginning. And I bring up Leonard and Hagler because Leonard did that. I'm the big name. I'm the big money fight. We're going to fight in a huge ring with huge gloves. <laughs> yes. Yes. It makes a difference. that's best for me. Yeah. Yes. It's best for me. Again, to Stipe's credit, why didn't, you know, why why would Stipe agree to that? That's what gets me. I mean, it's his own fault at the end of the day. I don't. Why would you agree to fight in a phone booth with a monster? That is crazy. From, from the... From, the second the fight started, I was like, oh, my God, dude, this is bad. Like, there's nowhere to move. Do you, do you remember in the first fight when when uh, when when uh, Nganu popped him one time and he and he grabbed him? He shot the legs quick. Right. And he ran him across the entire ring. Yep. That was not that move was not possible on Saturday night. That that move did not exist. That was a big part of Stipe's ground game in the first fight. And that was completely eliminated. And, I mean, obviously he knew it's coming in and he agreed to it. What? I, so, again, I, what was Stipe thinking? He must have – you had to think, if this guy can wrestle me a little bit, this smaller ring could be problematic. Or, Jace, as you said, maybe he thought that would be to his advantage, the smaller ring. Just hold him up against the, uh, the cage constantly. But – I'd be curious to hear what Stipe, he, Stipe explained this a little bit, what the mindset was going in. 
because that would determine a lot for me. But again, this idea that he's not a good fighter anymore, I think, no. is a little premature. I don't um, say not good, just not at that elite level. He can't compete at the up at the top of the game at heavyweight in the UFC. Maybe at Bellator. You want to fight Bader and Machida? No, no one's going to Bellator. We're, that, <laughs> we want, I, that's silly. He could knock both of those guys out. <laughs> Stipe, Stipe, I think, would be just as content to walk away from the sport completely. I mean, he hates Dana's gut. You remember when he beat Cormier, he wouldn't let Dana put the belt around his waist. Um yeah. And 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 did that because of the perception that oh, Dana that wanted great. everyone else to beat him. He wanted everyone else to win the fight Stipe's been winning. And so uh, eventually that that has pissed Stipe off. And again, that idea that right after the fight, Dana was talking about a rematch of the worst fight in, in, in UFC history, um, which is insane. Or uh, John Jones, who's never fought at heavyweight, apparently just gets to skip the line <laughs> on Stipe. Um, again, I would like to, does Stipe think he deserves a rematch? Was Stipe overwhelmed by that? I'd like to hear what he has to say before we decide what's next for him in his career. I think this was just unfortunate. Um, you know, the, the, when you're fighting a guy like Nganu or Rosenstrike or Derek Lewis, there is always the fear that's their game plan, that they're going to try to land that punch somewhere in that fight. I don't know that I call you a fighter when that's your game plan. I saw one stuff from Nganu. I saw him take the back one time. Does that make him a great fighter? He's no, still the, he's still the guy. Easy. He's still the guy that lives and buys by the knockout, as far as I can see. So I don't well, know. The, uh, he just he doesn't seem like a complete enough fighter to me still to be considered the best in the world. He just doesn't. Okay. That's fair. I, um... But listen, I will admit this, Jace. From what I saw, it looks like he probably is. I would love to see him in the big ring with Stipe. And if he can do it again, then Stipe's all set. And then I'll I'll send him to Bellator. It's just oh, that, that the Bellator that or wherever you want him to go. Leona. Um if I said if I got to pick, Virgil Ortiz's next fight would be Pacquiao. If I got to pick, Stipe fights John Jones, Cyril Gain fights Ngannou, and then if we end up with a Stipe and Ngannou rematch, fine. But if oh I have my way, heavyweight tournament, those four guys, sorry, Derek Lewis, I left you out. I Like you said, if that's all you have, then... You know, I don't. I just don't see. He could knock out any of those guys. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the fight. Those are the two fights I want to see, and I think our heavyweight champions in that mix. It'll probably be Lewis, though. I think Engano will knock out Lewis next. Yeah, I, I see that. I, I like what you said. Just I'd put Lewis instead of Gone. But I mean, we talked about the top of the heavyweight division in the UFC. Let's take a look at the top of the heavyweight division in boxing. As Dillian White KOs Alexander Povetkin to get a interim uh, belt. I mean, we all know that Fury and uh, Joshua own the heavyweight division, but Dillian White might be able to make a name for himself and be that next contender. Jared, what did you think of the fight? I know you had on the show you. 
parlayed Pavetkin and Stipe. Yeah, that was a mistake. I uh, man, I keep doing that every week, picking parlay and picking every fight, and then Peter Jan loses. Picking every fight and then Pavetkin, Stipe. That's the fourth main event I've had screw me out of over a hundred bucks, and I'm betting like five, eight, twelve. Um, that one in particular, $242 and my bet was 17. Um, so that's, that's what didn't come through on that Pavetkin deal. But, uh, I don't like either one of those guys at the top of the division. I think we still have Joshua Fury Wilder at one, two, three. Um, I'm a big Alexander Usyk fan. I don't know if he's ready. If I'm picking, uh, Dillian White fights. Andy Ruiz, he already beat Joe Parker. I mean, if you don't like him to fight, when I think he loses all three of those fights is what I'm saying. Dillian White, you look good. You're strong. You're the Derek Lewis of heavyweight boxing. <laughs> Congratulations. I don't think you can beat those, those top three guys. Much like Derek Lewis, <laughs> you're fourth, and I don't see any of those three guys falling to you. Yeah, I mean, Dillian White's just been like a contender for three years. Um, obviously got knocked out by Joshua. And I think in, in his heart, obviously, he thinks he can win that fight. Yeah, you know, he's on the same level as Ruiz. And like you said, Jared, I think any of those three guys beats him. Uh, even Deontay, uh, that might be a nice fight for Deontay Wilder. Get it, get the, the KO game back working. That might be a good fight for him. And if he's not mentally right, then then maybe Dillian steals another one um, and puts himself in line to get either beat up by Joshua again, which would be a pretty good moneymaker, I bet. Or, uh, you know, maybe he could lose to Tyson Fury. So uh, the future looks bright for, uh, for Dillian White. It'll mostly be him on his back looking up, but money's coming, baby. <laughs> this is a good win for him. It, it, it was a good win for him. Cloudy, yeah. Listen, he's you know, he's a he's a B level guy in that division. There's the elite, and then he's he's right there with the rest of them. If if he maybe gets I, I like the the wilder fight. You know, for me again, I'm thinking wilder. Uh, you know, this could be a good time for him to again get the knockout going again and feeling good about himself. And if it doesn't happen, then hey, Dillian White really sets himself up for uh, a, a crack at the top, which again is makes for a nice payday if for nothing else. Did, I, I I like Dillian White a lot. I I just feel like he is. It, it's the the testing positive for weird stuff, the PEDs and all that stuff that really get me because I think he's getting in, in his own way. Um, he's had a couple of bad tests so I, I i like him i i do hope he can get that all figured out and maybe he can have a run at the top of the heavyweight division but i mean right now no i'm a I fan of to see alexander Yusuk when uh get back in the ring yeah that's 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 the heavyweight i like up there is is Usyk. yeah as that as that third or fourth yeah, yeah, not uh well I mean he's the skilled boxer. Dillian White's the big puncher, but this is the skilled boxer. Um Yusik, aside from Anthony Joshua, is probably the most skilled heavyweight in the division. Okay. 
Joe, what were you saying about PEDs? I'm a fan of uh, PEDs. I think that more people should be on them and they should be administered by doctors. And that, again, the idea that, that using steroids or performance enhancing drugs is illegal is so stupid. I mean, again, steroids are administered for, for situations by medical professionals every day. I think if they had guys on actual cycles, all it allows you to do is work out more and get in better shape. I don't understand why it's illegal and frowned upon. It's because it's like a dirty, like, oh, he's cheating. If everybody was doing it, everybody would be better, and the fights would be more interesting. I don't have a problem with that. Guys hitting 75, 85 home runs, great. That could become the norm. Get bigger and stronger. Not Dude, Jose, Canse game, Jose though, Canseco talked These about this. These guys Injuring uh, each other. You don't. You don't listen. You. It, it doesn't have to all be beefing up, but it. It's you know, steroids simply helps you to recover, uh, so that your your workout game can be stronger and you can live in the gym. I don't understand why we don't want the gladiators to do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, because they're human beings. It's yeah, okay but, for Godzilla and Kong because they when, don't really exist. And Jared, when, when, you, when you get an ear Went infection. Godzilla after his ass whooping, dragging his tail back in to see his wife and his kids. When you, you, know, when you get same. an ear infection, what do they give you? Q-tips? Pregnizone is uh is what they give you for your, am I right? Maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. It's a steroid. You get a steroid yeah. in your ear. yeah. It makes your ear better. Well, that's why I sarcastically sipped my caffeine when you said yeah. that, because performance enhancing drug is like different well, for everybody. Number one, Lawrence Taylor's Lawrence Taylor's drug. Lawrence Taylor's preferred performance enhancing drug in the eighties was simply cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> two lines. Up. Two lines of coke was three sacks in a pick. Like, yeah, do it. Whatever. I don't he have a my dad, my dad used to say for for workouts on the field he did 50 yard lines. I didn't get that till I was older. <laughs> 50 yard <laughs> lines. Uh, yeah, again, uh, dude. I mean, right? There, there's but I'm not into that. I mean, I mean, because the drugs are gonna get better, Joe. If you just say that's okay. Well, I think they are gonna have better. You're going to have me showing up at the way and like, hey, guys, buck 70, and then I'm going to come into the fight looking like Jace and be ready for my welterweight exhibition match. Yes, that's and then you'll be, you'll be Anthony Rumble Johnson, the greatest middleweight of all time. Yeah, <laughs> that's then, great. And then what's the difference between that and like then we're – then I don't know. That's too gladiator-ish for me, man. In a game like this, baseball where you're not really, you know – until it comes time to run over the catcher and you've got uh Bob Sapp coming down the third base line. Listen, I know I don't last think week it could pose um, as much of a problem there. I know last week we <laughs> talked a lot about Rocky Four, and maybe in your head you're thinking steroids means Apollo's dead. It's it's not like they're gonna be punching harder because of steroids, or like there'd be any more damage inflicted. Like that's not that's not gonna happen. You don't think so? No. Bigger, stronger, faster people don't inflict more damage when they're fighting. Hot take from Joe Guire. Against another guy who's what? also bigger, faster, stronger. Yes, they will hurt each other. Joe, Joe, your brain and your kidneys and other such organs don't get stronger as they bigger get gloves. beat. Bigger gloves. We use bigger gloves. Bigger gloves are heavier. Bigger gloves I mean, smaller gloves. more damage. We'll do smaller gloves. We'll find a smaller softer gloves. Glove. You don't get tired. Jared, 
<laughs> Jared, I was just floating a theory out there. I've done honestly, all this research, though, Joe. <laughs> haven't I, I? I haven't done any of my own research on this just yet. I must be I do, on though. speaking it real, Joe. Can you please look this stuff up before? <laughs> Joe just wants like super soldiers fighting each other. Right. I've just never understood that idea that we're like, you know, you could take all these other vitamins and nutrients and do all this other stuff, but it's like steroids, no. But like my son takes steroids when he has an earache, and. I mean, steroids are used in lots of things, and it's a medicine. It's supposed to be helpful. No, yeah, I have an inhaler. It's helpful it. until he wakes you up with a suplex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Canseco said, if you do it in cycles, it's it's good for you. I mean, it's medically. So, again, I'm not saying that everybody should become like, but it. They, people overreact to steroids, I, I think, is more my point. Right, you you mentioned Gillian are. White and the steroid problems. I'm just saying I, I I don't have an issue with people that that use because and I'll say this. This has always cracked me up. You know, guys, you guys know the Jamaican sprinter Usain Bolt. Yeah. Fastest man in the world for like, I think, the last 16 years or so the, the last four <laughs> Olympics. Every single person that's come in second to him has tested positive for steroids. <laughs> My question then becomes, what is Usain Bolt taking? that no one else is aware of because it's not showing up on tests. This guy's literally beating people that are all using performance-enhancing drugs of varying types, and he still beats everybody. Does that seem right to anybody or no? Am I look, Am I thinking no. too much on this? Also, with uh, Lance Armstrong, when he got popped, the yeah. 15 other people behind him also – Tested positive for yes. That whole sports disaster. I remember though when he won like his fifth in a row. I thought something ain't right here. How could the world's best bicyclist be a guy with one testicle? Like that doesn't. It well, doesn't seem like that would be you get, like an extra little every right? time. You I would, Jared. I would think that would throw your balance off. I I just <laughs> thought that doesn't seem no, right to me. No, you just put the one right in the middle, and yeah, you're like, right. is that it? Kind of a the... kind of a <laughs> cup front. I see what you're doing there. That would work. Yeah. Anytime. Listen. Anytime somebody dominates a sport like at a whole other level, I'm like, what is going on here? No, so, no, I'm saying. All right, now let's get back to the serious fight talk. Who you got, Godzilla versus King Kong? <laughs> a great you know, segue, Jace. Great segue. I, I got to be honest. I'm exact. I'm I'm happy we're actually talking about this because I actually thought a lot about this. The undefeated Godzilla's got the spikes on his back, razor sharp teeth and claws, a sharp tail. He breathes radioactive fire from his mouth. The guy's like a highlight reel. He does a lot of damage when he's on a rampage, but. He does have the typical rampage. shortcoming of most T-Rexes, very short reach. Now, Godzilla usually comes right out of the gate, does most of his damage, but he does tend to slow down as the fight wears on. Meanwhile, the veteran King Kong, very one-dimensional. He's big and strong, but he's a stand-up fighter. He's not going to take you to the ground. Occasionally, he'll take somebody up the side of a building while he's holding it in his hand, but... Power in both hands, though. He does lack the tactical ability to set up the shots. He does swing very wildly at times, kind of like an ape. Uh, lots of overhooks, uh, lots of hooks, overhands. Doesn't use the jab to set any of this up. So he tends to take a lot of damage in his fights. I expect this to be a long, drawn-out battle, maybe in the two-and-a-half-hour range. But in the end, 
Godzilla is too much for Kong. And you guys know I don't pick anybody who comes at it one dimensional. I got Godzilla for the win. Jared, do you agree? Um, with it, you know, we picked a fight a couple weeks ago where everything you said was right, but then the other guy. <laughs> listen, listen, and the, and the first I'm thinking about this, I'm like, well, those short arms and stuff, it's King Kong. It's got to be King Kong. And then I start doing the research. I'm like, he can't really touch the guy without messing himself up. And he breathing fire and stuff like, I don't know, maybe this is Godzilla. And I'm thinking, and I also spent a lot of time thinking about this. Um, and what I come up with is only one of them's going to throw or shoot or think on that level. We are the top of the food chain. And we're the top of the food chain because of our claws and our big scary teeth look at my um no we're at the top of the food chain because we can outthink every other animal i'm taking the one with the smarts i'm taking the one that's closer to the top of the food chain and expecting him to find a way to win give me king kong yeah I i'm with jared here i'm going king kong closer to man yeah, he does have that reach. Uh, I mean, obviously, the fire breath is scary. <laughs> but uh, King Kong just ripping buildings off, hitting people, utilizing his mind. Godzilla don't got no mind. He Godzilla's a straw. monster war machine. He doesn't, there doesn't need, he's like programmed. He also breathes radioactive fire, just so we're clear. <laughs> King Kong's a giant monkey. I don't know what you. What else you He's want? He's faster. Run fast to the Olympic spot and then just shot put balls and javelins and shit and then just run fast again. I mean, it, unless he's in the water. And again, environment changes everything. The size of the octagon makes a difference here. The environment makes a difference. Are they in the water? Are they in a phone booth? Are they on a football field? Are they in the woods? Are they in the city? Where are they fighting? I'm at just Godzilla versus Kong. I'll take, like I said, I'll take the one with that I think uh, that I rate with more intelligence. Dinosaurs were bad mamma jammers. They ain't here no more. I, I think Godzilla would win the first fight. This is a trilogy. Godzilla would win the first fight, but because of King Kong, <laughs> he would figure out what he did wrong and what he needed to do. Just like Stipe and Ngannou. And Kong, King Kong will come and put it to bed early in the second fight. <laughs> but, I, don't know what, I don't even know what to say. No, I, I, I actually watched the movie yesterday. It's actually a pretty good movie. So if you guys have the chance, check it out. By the looks of it, though, Godzilla's 60, 54, 67 years old. This might be the last hurrah for him. I don't know about a trilogy, Jace. <laughs> All right, okay, let's, uh, enough funny business, <laughs> let's get into real fights, oh, and we're going to start it off with uh, Tony's tail of the tape here. Guys, tonight on ESPN Plus, we have an exciting fight as Jamel Semperfy Herring defends his junior lightweight title against hard-hitting former champion Carl the Jackal Frampton. Let's break it down. 
Carl Frampton, 34 years old, five foot five with a 62-inch reach. He's 28 and two with 16 knockouts. From Tigers Bay, Northern Ireland, the Jackal started boxing at age 11 and went on to become one of the most successful amateurs in his country's history, winning the Irish flyweight title in 2005 and 2009, as well as winning a gold medal in the 2007 European Union Amateur Championships. After compiling a record of 114 and 11, he turned pro in 2009 and steadily climbed the ranks going 14 and 0 with nine knockouts before stepping up in competition against former IBF super bantamweight champion Steve Molitor. In an electrifying fight, Frampton had Molitor down three times en route to a six-round knockout. The Jackal then continued his ascent with a ninth-round knockout of hard-hitting Kiko Martinez, a second-round blowout of Hugo Cazares, and a unanimous decision over Martinez in a rematch for the IBF Super Bantamweight title. He followed that up with a split-decision victory over domestic rival Scott Quigg for Quigg's WBA Super Bantamweight title. After unifying his division, he stepped up in weight, becoming Ireland's first two-division world champion with a majority decision over WBA featherweight champion Leo Santa Cruz in a classic that saw over 1,670 punches thrown. However, in his next fight, he lost the title back to Santa Cruz. He bounced back immediately, defeating legendary former champion Nonito Donaire for the WBO featherweight title via unanimous decision and won his first defense by bludgeoning Luke Jackson over nine rounds until Jackson's team threw in the towel. After having his left hand fractured in a freak accident, he took on IBF featherweight champion Josh Warrington in a highly anticipated unification match. In a fight-of-the-year candidate, Warrington stunned Frampton heavily in round one, and Frampton was never really able to recover as Warrington went on to win a unanimous decision in a classic fight. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, he's only fought twice since, with a decision over Tyler McCreary and a TKO over Darren Trainer. Jamal Semperfy Herring 35 years old, 5'10 with a 70-inch reach. He's 22-2 with 10 knockouts. From Long Island, New York, he started boxing in 2001 and lost to Danny Jacobs in the New York Junior Olympics. He continued to box in the Marine Corps, where he enlisted in 2003, and in between two active duty tours in Iraq, he medaled in the 2010 World Military Games, the 2011 and 2012 Armed Forces Championships, and competed in the 2012 London Olympics. He turned pro in 2012 and went 15-0 with seven knockouts before suffering his first loss to Russia's Denis Shafikov by 10th round stoppage. The next year, he dropped a decision to Ladarius Miller, bounced back with a stoppage of hard-hitting Art Hovanesian, a TKO over Juan Pablo Sanchez, and a unanimous decision over Adelson Dos Santos to put himself into position to challenge Masayuki Ito for the WBO junior lightweight title. Herring won via 12th round decision and has defended it twice, a unanimous decision over Lamont Roach, and in his last fight, over Jonathan Okendo winning in the eighth round when Okendo was disqualified for repeated headbutts. Will Herring's five-inch reach and height advantage prove too much for the smaller challenger? Will Semperfy's fast hands prove the difference in the fight? Or will the power, tenacity, and experience of Frampton be enough to see him become Ireland's first three-division world champion? Tune in tonight for what's sure to be one of the most exciting fights you're going to see all year. Heck yeah. Thank you for that. Again, Tony, the tail of the tape. I'm excited. We got a big fight. Herring versus Frampton. Joe, what do you think of this fight? Well, I'm really excited for this fight. I've been watching a lot of the uh, the the weigh-ins and, the, and a lot of the pre-show uh, stuff during the week. Uh, the, over the last couple of weeks, um, I saw these guys sit down together for an interview. A lot of respect there. Uh, they're talking about legacy for Carl Frampton. 
Um, he doesn't like the idea of being the greatest uh, Irish fighter of all time, but he's putting himself up there. Jamal Herring is uh, an American hero. Um, you know, lost his daughter a couple of years ago. Just a really great guy. Uh, somebody that people really like Jamal Herring. And it's funny. I saw Frampton kind of talking a little bit of smack, you know, to the cameras. When he's with Herring, it's nothing but respect. And I like that. You know, I mean, it's it's easy, I think, nowadays to sort of sink into the mud. But what's there to be gained by, you know, talking trash to an American Marine? Um, this is the biggest fight of Herring's life. If he wins this, you know, he's on his way to superstardom, I think. Um, Frampton's talked about possibly retiring uh, if he wins this fight. You know, he's uh, had a great career. He's been a great champion, uh, first three-time champion uh, Irishman. So uh, going to be a great fight. These two guys can bang with the best of them. Um, I'm really looking forward to the fight. I love Herring. I unfortunately think Frampton is going to be too much. I think he stops him by the 10th. Good. I don't see a stoppage. Um, I think it goes the distance. I also like Frampton. I'm, I'm a little uh, befuddled that he's the that uh, Herrig is the betting favorite. I think he's had um, less impressive competition. Um, his losses are to lesser guys. I don't understand why uh, Frampton wouldn't be favored here. That that. That that uh that surprises me a bit, but um yeah, I'm taking Frampton all day, and I think it goes the distance. Hey, it worked for me last week. I might as well do it again. If someone's a favorite, Vegas knows something we don't know. So I'm gonna oh, go Harry. Red herring. No. <laughs> no, but I, I do think his length, and then also Joe, you brought up uh, how Frampton might have a foot out the door. So that's always scary. Um, when you, when you think about that, but yeah, I, I think Herring can get it done and remain champion. But I am very excited. This, this is going to be a solid fight because we don't have any UFC before that. We are going to still continue to talk MMA, and that's with Bellator two fifty six, Bader versus Machida two. Joe, break this fight down for us. All right, Ryan Bader, 37 years old. He's 6'2", 230 pounds, 27 and 6 with 12 knockouts. Uh, he had seven straight wins from September 2016 to January 2019. He picked up the light heavyweight championship. Then he knocked out Fedor to become the uh, heavyweight champion. Uh, had a no contest with Czech Congo when he poked him in the eye. And then last August, he lost to Vadim Nemkov. Leo Machida, 42 years old, 6'1", 205 pounds. He is 26 and 10 with 10 strikeouts. Uh, he had won four in a row, then lost two straight. His last win was uh, a really good one. The fight with Chael Sonnen with the flying knees and punches where he barraged him for the loss. Um, and so that's where we are. Bellator, 256. Who are you taking, Joe? I am going to take, I'm going to have to take Bader here. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. This one's tough. This one's <laughs> tough. It? I'm taking Bader. Yeah, I, you know, it's Bellator, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I want to, 
you know, like as I'm looking through like these guys' resumes, it's amazing to see the names on here. You know, uh, uh, Machida's third fight was against Rich Franklin. His sixth was against BJ Penn. Um, you know, Tito Ortiz in his thirteenth fight. Uh, Richard Evans in his fifteenth. I mean, the, you you look at the resume: Couture, Jackson. John Jones, Dan Henderson. I mean, it's it's Machida's fought everybody. Uh, he did lose in 2012, the first fight, obviously, against Bader. Uh, so you know, for him, it's uh it's a revenge match, but I don't know, man. Just something about Ryan Bader. I think he's gonna win again. I think he's gonna beat Machida's brains in, I guess. I'm actually upgrading. I uh I used to be a Machida. Um, <laughs> I couldn't care less about this fight. These guys are a combined 80 years old in just a few weeks here. And Joe, the best part of this fight is what you just said. The who's who lineup. When you look through who these guys have fought. Oh my it is God. Impressive. But you need to open for Mike Tyson's next fight in the Legends League. Because that's where you guys are. Not that Stipe Miocic isn't two years older than Ryan Bader, but still, these guys are old. <laughs> yeah, they're very. I mean, dude, again, like you look at their resumes, though. I mean, both guys have lost to John Jones and to Tito Ortiz. They both lost to Quentin Jackson. They both lost to Richard. No, uh, he beat Richard Evans. He lost to him. Um, impressive. Uh, Oven St. Prue. He's got like quite a quite the, the 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 I guess the the win over Fedor uh, that, you know, even though what's Fedor about 50 uh, still really cool as well. Uh, he yeah. is. For, I, I will say this about Ryan Bader. I just I just saw this. He is uh, the number seven pound for pound fighter 44. in the world, according to MMA Junkie. So if you consider them a credible source. They've got Bader up there with the big boy. He was the they former be, champ. They champ. must be actual junkies. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Bader was. He, he These was are guys the just sitting over there getting all cracked up like, hey, Jay said Megan Anderson, man. Let's ride with him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bader is probably the best Bellator has as far as fighters go. Can we agree on that, though? Yes. Double champ. I, agree on that. I, I think Vader gets it done pretty easily. Machida's just too old, man. Jordan Newman. I'm Jordan. just kidding. I don't I mean, I, I mean but Vader though is isn't there... it tough when you're when you're Bellator and I mean again, dude, like you're you know, at any given time, who's your who's your big attraction? Like somebody well, that UFC doesn't want. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know. Dude, can you imagine? Here's here's what I said. My 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 brother and I were talking about this fight a little bit yesterday and, and laughing about it. I said, can you imagine like game one of the World Series if they were to pick just the best pitcher at AAA without any thought about who it was? Maybe it's some stud twenty two year old kid. Maybe it's a guy who's like thirty eight and couldn't hack it in the big leagues anymore. That guy starting game one of the World Series? What? No, he's not. It would really matter, wouldn't it? So you get most of these guys in Bellator. I mean, you know, their names because mostly of who they lost to. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, hey, this guy lost to a bunch of great fighters, and so did him. You want to watch them Friday night? Nah. I don't know. 
Maybe. I, I saw a fight yesterday. Oh, man. I, Goody, G-U-D-D-E was the guy's last name. It happened yesterday. If you can find it, it's worth the watch. This guy was six foot seven, 170 pounds. What the hell? And had the fiercest mullet with a perm flowing. And when he got hit, he wasn't handling it very well at 6'7", 170, if you can imagine. This was hilarious. My Oh, this isn't good. Um, my wife and my kid are in it. We're watching the fights. We're laughing. Our, and I stopped and went, this is... This is Scrub Scraps business um, plan here. They these are the some of the least skilled guys we've had on our television in the last few months, and the most entertaining fight we've seen together. Not huge fight fans, but when this guy got in there and to look like one of those wacky arm inflatable air guys, <laughs> and he's and his mullet's flapping around in the wind as he's getting hit. I mean, it was just so entertaining you don't need this really high skill level to be entertaining and sometimes the opposite's true mayweather didn't entertain a lot of people at the end of his career you had to appreciate the art because i'm you know my wife's not gonna sit there for 45 minutes and laugh about him staying away from madonna that's it's not as entertaining especially to the you know average fight fan yeah, I get that. And, Jared, you brought up Scrub Scraps. So let's end the show like we always do and hit us with that flurry. Uh, this week's flurry is part two of our Scrub Scraps Spotlight segment. And this week we're bringing on a good friend of mine, Alex Pro. How's it going, Alex? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Can you all hear me all right? You? Yeah. Yeah, Perfect. sounds good. Thanks for having well, me on. Well. Um, yeah, I hate to cut you off, but first of all, I'm a longtime fan. Uh, Joe, I think um, you know you're right about a lot of things, and you have an excellent radio voice. However, I think the only fight you've ever actually called that is going to be correct is the King Kong and, and Godzilla fight. <laughs> um, so that that's basically what I had for that. Um, you know, and there's a bunch of stuff we can go in with Steve, but maybe that's <laughs> for. In the future, I'm a big fan. Again, you know, it's just a friendly, friendly little jab towards you. Um, so, yeah, Jay, what's up, buddy? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Um, AJ and I actually met, jeez, I want to say about 15 years ago. Um, yeah, about that, yeah. I was working with, uh, with his older brother at Scrub Scraps, and he'd had a couple fights. And he's not the most coordinated or athletic individual, mm -hmm. but... Neither most of the people at Scrub Scraps is somebody I was working with. And he walks up to me one day after a set and he says, hey, my little brother wants to fight you as Scrub Scraps. Mm. And I laughed. <laughs> Your, well, a, I was 16, I think, at the time. Little brother. Yeah. 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 And then he showed up to the Scrub Scrap before the one we fought. Yeah. And I pulled, I met him, shook his hand, pulled out the pad, started doing some pad work and went, oh, this is one of those never underestimate your opponent type of type of situations, you know? And Joe. um <coughs> Stipe this, lost. This, <laughs> easily one of <laughs> easily one of my toughest opponents, AJ. Far, Which far I, res away, I respect that one you know, of my that's toughest a, that's, opponents. 
by far probably one of the greatest compliments I've had, you know, in any sports career I've tried to pursue. So that's, uh, that's really, you know, that means a lot, man. That was a tough fight for me too, you know, and I I lost it. Um, But that was, you know, there was a bunch of different reasons for that. We can get into that later, but any other questions? Yeah. What, uh, what's your favorite memory from Scrub Scrubs? Man, I would have to say it's, it's that, I mean, it's the camaraderie after all the fights are done and everyone talks and the fact that you don't know any of the real spectators, if you're a fighter or if you are a spectator yourself, maybe, you know, a few, you're in your own group, but afterwards you meet everyone and everyone talks and, and it's, uh, that, that's probably the number one, I, I guess, aside from watching my friend who passed fight, you know, he fought Colin Hall, Sean Rockwell. Um, and that was really fun, you know, and, and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, and having that, you know, yeah. I've got a couple of those, uh, that I, that I have videos of to look back on. And it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to have been a, to, to been a part of something with those guys. I remember how close you guys were and, uh, and how hard he fought. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting fight, a, you know? Yeah, that was a knockout dragout fight, yeah. for sure. It was good. Joe, you got a question for AJ? Uh, I, I don't. I'm trying to – I'm still absorbing that initial <laughs> jab to the face that he threw. Just the recovery. Before the show, he was like, I'm a fan of the podcast. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I am, and then I he am. came and on again. He spent it again. I was like, that's great. Then he was like, boom. Yeah, I could answer your questions about if I were to fight Stipe, you know, if, if I were to be in Nagano's shoes. Well, you know, I'd like that. to ask you because you, you actually said beforehand and, and, and I, w- I, I am curious, actually, your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. You said that you thought Stipe, uh, that Nagano was going to win with a second round knockout. Uh, what were your thoughts there? The reason I thought it is because of, uh, well, Let's talk about uh, Nganu first. First of all, he's a younger fighter. Uh, very, very, he's not stuck in any ways that are bad. Like he doesn't have a lot of bad habits to my knowledge. And, and, and if I was his coach, I'd be like, listen, you're a fresh brain. Let's teach you everything. And when you talk about him going up against Stipe, yeah, he had that first fight. Okay, now that's extra tape you can watch. As opposed to every single other tape he's watched about Stipe, uh, that, that, that's something that was in Nganu's favor in the beginning. For me, second is age. Third is obviously physique, uh, which isn't that big. Um, but then I guess, and let's talk about Stipe. So Stipe, you know, he's probably one of the greatest fighters. I don't want to put him in any certain category, but I just want to put him in there as one of the greats, and I, we can all respect that. Um, oh yeah, for sure. But 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 in terms of the damage he's taken, you know, okay, he only got knocked out three times, but the damage up till the knockout was a lot. All of that is a lot. His eyes aren't that good. Uh, back to you, Joe, saying uh, how, how – why would he take a fight? You know, this is kind of a joke, but why would he take a fight in a smaller ring? Well, motherfucker, he can't see. So, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe get a little closer to the guy, right? Um, because he but, you know, so, so there's a, there's a couple different things there, you know, and, and <laughs> I mean, there, there, there is something to be said, you know, about Nganu. But, again, I, 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 I thought Stipe would have handled it better. Um, but you know, what is it? You know, what are you going to do? You so let me ask you this then, you know, again, because when we talk a lot about the psychological element and I, and I, I mean, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to scrub scraps and the importance of that. So I guess my, my thought was with going into fight two, 
the psychological effect of this guy beat you pillar to post for five rounds when the UFC was pushing you to be the big challenger pillar to post. And I thought psychologically, Alex, is that hard to get over in a rematch? It is, you know, because if I were to put myself back when the first time I fought Jay, I was roughly around the same size as him, but he has much more experience. However, He's taken damage. He's older, and I'm a sponge to my knowledge. He might be set in his ways. There might, you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot to be said, you know, about a younger person uh, who goes up against an older, experienced person, you know, especially like you were saying, you know, if it was a bigger ring, why wouldn't Stipe then use the bigger ring to stuff the takedowns? And then you had said, or or to go for more takedowns, I think you had said also that why wouldn't, or that Ngannou's ground game is garbage. And it's like, well, that's also something to be said. Like this can be improved upon within four years since I think the last time you fought him, right? You know, yep. so, so yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Well, and with all due respect, I, I mean, what you're trying to say, like, just to, just to piggyback off of it, um, if we did fight again, the odds would be all messed up. Yeah, or even and, if and I like, was in your same weight class, it would, anything, I would be nervous. I have no trouble believing you could be me today. Yeah, Whereas that was a really difficult message when we, well, a, a very difficult mission. Yeah. When we fought, you know, like you said, things change. Man, it was so the long. Mileage and the experience. And it's, it's, it's a totally different, it's a totally it different monster today. It is. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to tell, you know, you guys, you know, like, or particularly Joe, again, I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans guy. I love how, how you, are kind of the uh, antagonist of the group, and you, you or not antagonist, but that's how I see it. Yeah, I am. You know, <laughs> yeah, I love that's, um, that's a fair assumption. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Time makes everything. You know, <laughs> you look at any great fighter, time will break them down more than anything else. Or I mean, besides maybe drug and alcohol addiction. You know, of course, Father that's, Time's undefeated. But but yeah, you know, so so to hear someone like you say, you know, that Stipe was going to win this, I was like. Nah. This is a tough one, guy. You got to understand, you know, it'd be like you stepping into the ring to somebody. And even though you have a bunch of experience, you know, you might have some creaks in your back. Your eyes are fucked, you know. But anyways, any more questions, boys? Yeah. For somebody that's uh, that's kind of just getting involved with uh, with combat sports. um, What do you think is the most applicable part to the rest of your life? What did you take from scrub scraps or your experience training that you were then able to apply to your everyday life that really didn't have to do with combat? The ability to take a situation that you would call fear, you know, and and respond to it in fear and then take that and and use it, you know, to your, the best of your ability, you know, and overcome that. I think that, that I was very much in my shell uh, as a young kid. And then when I fought you, that was huge for me as a, as a, cause I dropped out of high school. Um, and you know, I was kind of in my mind, a bit of a loser, you know? And when I had accomplished that, you know, be it a small accomplishment in a boxing career, it was big to me, you know, and that, that's a big thing. I think that scrub scraps has to offer for anyone, you know, you could break a lot of walls down, whether it's social fear, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and that's huge. That's, that's something I'll always have. I'll remember, you know, it's a great answer, brother. Well, you know, it was, I, I love, I mean, again, in talking to so many guys from scrub scraps, I mean, everybody talks about the camaraderie and, and the support and, mm. 
you know, I, I know, you know, I don't know what, what brought you to scrub scraps in the first place, but just in talking to people and if you, what you could share or, or don't, if you, if you want, you know, they just sort of talk about kind of showing up and, and, you know, being quiet for months, not mm. sharing anything, just kind yeah. of feeling, and you start to feel the love and support around you and you get into that comfort zone. Do you want to talk a little bit about sort of how, how that process worked? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a social person, you know, I, I didn't have any problem kind of getting to know the, the fellow scrappers or any of the fans or anything like that. But, but then again, it was because of my brother, you know, my brother is around Jay's age and they go way back. So that's how I got kind of into that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the short answer. You know, it was really my brother who got me into it. And I feel like that's, you know, I mean, anyone can show up, but it's a bit hard right now to get scrub scraps on the map, of course, because of, uh, you know, the fact that it's not open and running now, but even back then it's kind of, a you know, we didn't want toxic people in there, you know, who were going to be really aggressive or, you know, if you showed up and you, you got really drunk before the fight, we might let you fight, but it's like, you're not come, we're not going to invite you to really come back, you know? And, and that that's, I don't know. I yeah, hate to answer I your question. It's my yeah. brother who got me into it. Yeah. I hate to get, I, I hope you don't mind, I should say, me getting a little personal here. Um, I'm, a, I'm open as a book, um, man. I'm um, down for anything. Joe, I think the answer to some of the answer to your question in this particular uh, situation is that um, life happened. Mm. You know, That's we, a very good really, we weren't really close, mm. but then we met and we shook hands and then we fought and we hugged and hey, see you soon. And then he brought his best friend over to fight and then mm. his best friend passed and he came over the next time and hey, remember my friend was over here and he fell. And that's a really good friend of mine. And I was able to be there for him, even though we weren't yeah. really that close. And then when I heard his father passed, I Same just deal, went man. to his house, yeah. you know, to give him a hug. I can't imagine what that's. I've been through so man, much was, trauma it, in it my meant, life. It meant the world. It meant the world. To anyone who did that. imagine what you're going world. through right now, brother. You know, and it's so like mm, these mm. life things happen. And just being in the same proximity together, man, we were going to go through those things together. You know, yeah. that's how I think most people get get close when they're not deliberately sitting right next to each other trying to get close you're just in proximity and life happens that's one of the beautiful things about scrub scraps i don't have to talk to you about nothing i'll just wrap your mm. wrists up and we'll you know walk together and we'll just yeah. be near each other and yeah changes lives it's, just it's it's not necessarily about a competition or about the sport even it's 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 about you know let's see who you are and maybe we can grow you as a person you know, instead of necessarily let's let's get you to fight, you know, and get you a rank on the on the, you know the card here and get you a main, you know, it's none of that really when you start. You know, if you want that, it's, it's available, but uh, it's it's That's mainly it's, it's about family really and just about knowing that there's a gym out there, gym, you know, and loosely termed uh, that you can go to that's going to treat you as if it's your mom when you have dinner with them. You know, it's a it's a cool thing. That's a good segue uh, to my last question here. Um, mm. If you could go back and remove our experience, Scrub Scraps, the fight game from your life, how are you a different person? Oh, wow. That's, I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest, me as an individual, to answer that question, I would probably be more violent and 
potentially in, you know, in, in a lot of trouble and I might not be here doing this interview with y'all. So, you know, that this is something that, again, it's, it's not, you know, this is important. I think scrub scraps is a very important thing and it's necessary for young guys out there, you know, or young girls out there who want to fucking meet up with somebody, you know, and, and get, get a part to be a family. And then if you want to push yourself, you know, mentally or physically, we're there for you, you know, and that's important. Love it. Good answer, brother. Yeah, we, we don't curse on here, right? Sorry about we that. Do <laughs> we do now. We do now. I wasn't out there. My bad. I try not to. <laughs> no, I'll you know what? It, it, it's it's funny. You know, I, I've been helping uh, Jared, you know, with the with the relaunching of Scrub Scraps. And, and I did a series of interviews with uh, all, all the people on the board. And everyone's obviously been involved in some capacity or another. Um seven interviews i think i did jared all seven i mean left me in absolute tears uh to hear you know even people who weren't directly involved in it but sort of even on, on the peripheral just to hear them talk about the difference it makes in in people's lives and the impact you know years later you were just talking about you know what what it your life would have been like without it and you know, to hear everybody talk about what their life would have been like without scrub scraps. Uh, a, it's an emotional. So your swearing was, was certainly cool. No sweat oh, I there. I, yeah, man, you know, I've always told my kids, man, when, when you're being real and raw, like whatever comes out of your mouth, comes out of your mouth, that's emotion. And I love that. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm glad you found scrub scraps. I, my last thing to you would be look into that camera. And if there was somebody right now, what would you say to them to, to, to convince them to go check out scrub scraps? Man, I would say, you know, when you're in your darkest time or even in, you know, when, when you have some light going on, you know, it's always darkest before dawn and this can be your, this could be your dawn potentially, you know, this could be your rehab. This could be your, your out, uh, to, to becoming something better than what you maybe think you are. You know, I'm not, I don't want to say that, you know, you th you're a bad person, but yeah, that that's, it should be thought that way. Cool. Any questions? You big Jace got any questions for the, for the potential no. next champion of scrub scraps, <laughs> heavyweight champ coming up here, boys. We got Dom, and we've got a lot to talk about. We could have me on another time, but <laughs> any questions for me, bud? Oh my god, I, I got you, Alex. Can I be in your corner? I want to be your corner guy. <laughs> you want to be my corner guy with you oh. calling the Godzilla and King Kong? If you keep it up like that, then yeah. <laughs> this Stipe and, and Ganu, I don't know if I can have you in there, but <laughs> oh, that's great. But uh, my, my question is, I mean, you you talk about how you you winning the ring with Jared. How is that facing off with him, like strengthened your friendship with him? Um. Okay. So basically I met Jay, you know, he was living in the trailer by the, the scrub scraps property. I believe when I first was introduced to him and, and uh, it might've not been his proudest of days. I don't think he, uh, I think he was still kind of going in and out of jail. I think I met you in Willimannic too before that, you know, and um I, you know, I had been kind of a viewer a bit on Scrub Scraps and then went there and, and then we fought. And uh, yeah, I mean, from then it's literally been night and day. It's almost like meeting. I don't want to sound weird, but like, you know, 
kind of like the love of your life. It's that kind of feeling where it's like, you know, you're going to bond with that person forever. You know, it's like, they're your brother now. It's not, you know, it's not, you're not in love with them, but I mean, it's that kind of feeling that someone could, if they've never met a brother or a sister, that's a stranger, they would be like, oh, it's kind of like falling in love. That, that excitement of being like, wow, we did this together and now we're going to fucking be friends, you know, for a long time. I'm sure Jay, you know, feels the same for almost anyone who's fought or anyone who's coming. It unites you you in a way that you're just, you've never been united with somebody. You ask about a fight, whether you've been, Joe, I think you said once you've been in three fights. Those are some of your starkest memories because of the way that it affects your brain when you're in that situation. That man, that's where the magic happens. You ask anybody about those, oh, you're a boxing trainer and the... One time somebody threw an acorn at me and I ran after him. And you hear these, you know, it's their fight story, though. And there's a reason it stands out like that. And that's why when you open that up, you're able to make connections where you couldn't before. Like, 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 like he just said, you know, that might sound. I had love there. This Mm. was a complete stranger that I stood in a ring for eight minutes and bared heart and sweat and tears and everything I am capable of. You know when your power starts blinking in a video game, there's a left hook I can bring you to the fight with AJ and show you the left hook where when it landed in his body, I wanted it to take everything out of him because I knew that it took everything. (laughs) That third punch coming out and there was just... Backing up like, please don't jump on me. There's nothing left. Knowing that that guy's got nothing left and I've got Mm. nothing left. And we all left it right here. And we've known each other for eight fucking minutes. Excuse my language. Yeah, yeah. And there's love there. You finish up. It's amazing. That other person. And it's like, oh, my God. I just put everything I had out here. And there's 100 people cheering. And what did we just do, dude? We just did it. There was magic here. It's combat. You know, it's combat that brought you together. And it's it's almost like, you know, not to cut you off, but it's like, you know, you might know people who are in the military and they have that brotherhood of being in the military. And especially those folks who have been overseas and in combat. That's that mm. kind of, you know, it's like you're a stranger or you've been training for a while with this guy, but maybe you don't like him. And now all of a sudden you're getting shot at by the enemy. You become instantly, it's, there's no more question that they are immediately your brother or your sister forever. Mm. You know, they're your family. That's a really good example. You know? And you don't, and you don't, it doesn't always happen like that. I think the best reference my wife probably has is nursing school, where there were nurses that she was in nursing school with while watching this girl and that girl fall off and Mm. fail and not be able to do it. And there were like four or five of them that just kind of grafted together and we're going to finish this thing. And there's nobody, you can't, force that connection no you know i've said before i got a fight once at a a bar there were like 11 kids tried to jump me and i had uh one friend with me little chris is pushing everybody make it fair keep it fair he's trying to keep 10 people off of me while i have a fair fight with this one guy now i tell you that little chris is as brother as they come from yeah 100%. 100%. I one of the, the original fire with this kid because I'm not going to be walking across the parking lot at a bar seven years sober and yelling at some guy, hey, bring that shit back over here. You see, mm. you know, you still want some, homie? 
and be running, have 11 people sprinting across the parking lot at me and my buddy. I'm mm -hmm. not going to put myself in that situation again. So I don't really have that battle-tested way to show that somebody is a little Chris for me because yeah. I'm not in those situations all the time, you know? So when you end up there and you craft with another person like that, I'm telling you, this program has stuff that you're not getting 100%. anywhere else. 100%, man. I agree. <sighs> you know, it's a, it's, it's a, I, I know you're very passionate about it and I know it's going to, it's going to go up, man. And things are going to be turning in the right direction as they are, you know, for, for you and your, all you guys, man, the podcast and uh, the, the, the business. Thank you, brother. Yeah. 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 And we're really, uh, Really nice having you on. You're an eloquent individual, AJ. You Thank you, buddy. You know, I, I what a human being. I like, I'm, I, I, not even to not even to son you, but I'm proud of you, man. You Dude, know? I'm proud. You're one of, of my role models. I, 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 if my dad were to still be alive, I might say, like, listen, you know, there's another person out there that's like, you know, I kind of really look up to, you know, uh, and that's probably you, buddy. You know, you're one of those guys that I know is always going to be there for me. And uh, is there for all of us, you know, not just for me. So, so that means a lot, you know, and I know it means a lot to you too, brother. Thank you, man. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Thank you for that, Alex. Thank you for joining us. Thank I you, thought Jared, he was uh, queuing up for one more shot at me before he left. You know, I was like, <laughs> every time he started to smile, I was like, going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> thought one more was coming, but yeah. all right. Not bad. Right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. For <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening in the comments, uh, and thanks for commenting. Uh, make sure you enjoy tonight's fight. Frampton versus Herring should be good. Joe, Jared, thanks for joining me. Alex, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you next week for more Throwing Jabs. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.